You're listening to Theology Untucked with Tim and Caleb. Our aim, as always, is to help the people of God understand, love, and enjoy the Word of God. For more information, visit us at theologyuntucked.com. You are listening to Theology Untucked, Sorrow and Courage. And now here are your host and theologian stalwart, Tim and Caleb. Stalwart theologians. Always a, always a good solid word. Even if people aren't familiar with Latin, I'm quite certain we have that one even in our English language. Awesome stuff. How you doing tonight, Caleb? Man, I'm doing all right. You know a little bit about what's been going on on my end, but it, it fits well to the subject matter that yeah. we're going to be speaking of. Uh, yeah, how tonight, about you? Tonight's an, uh, an interesting one that we're going to be uh, getting to work on. Um, we usually sit down and work out notes and plans ahead of time uh, for episodes of Theology Untucked, but tonight's a little bit different, a little bit more um, organic, if you will. We are both kind of coming off of dealing with some some of the bigger things in, uh, in life, and I wanted to just kind of sit back and reflect on it with all of you. Um, and so... <laughs> To break the fourth wall on a podcast is usually not recommended, but uh, this is kind of an unusual episode, and so we're going to do it uh, here only three episodes into uh, into it. Um, if you listened to episode two, you know I made reference to my daughter was going to be born here in a couple of weeks. Well, we're going to have to make full reference uh, to the reality that uh, that was actually recorded several months ago. Um, right now it is October, and that was recorded back at the end of June. Um, I quickly found out after that episode, um, actually a w- about a week later after that, That's about a week. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, my daughter was going to be born with congenital heart defect and one that was extremely life-threatening, very rare condition, uh, very difficult. And, um, we went through uh, a whole ordeal that <laughs> was, was the absolute worst summer of our lives. And that's there, number two is not even close. Um, and it, it led to putting seminary on pause. It led to putting this podcast on pause. This was supposed to be launched back in July. Um, here we are in October. And it is it has been uh, quite the journey and one that I've not really been speaking about publicly or openly um, and, until tonight. Uh, Caleb and I haven't even discussed much about that, um, but we wanted to provide the opportunity to reflect on this. I know there's several people who would be interested in hearing about some of these things, um, and so this is the episode that we're going to be spending uh, considering this. So when we discuss uh, the topic for tonight, we are calling it Sorrow and Courage. Uh, kind of an unusual title for this, but I hope that that will pan out uh, in the in the uh, hour to come. But anyway, uh, before I get into all of that, uh, we are we are looking to uh, cover a, a great deal of things tonight. Um, these things are personal. These things are difficult, um, but they are uh, absolutely essential um, in our lives specifically um, and important to, to cover even in the midst of all of these things. Good to reflect on together as well, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. It's, um... How about you? Well, you know, obviously mine's just so y'all know the some of the loss that uh, my wife and I just recently had was uh it's actually it was a dog. Um 
for um i guess anybody that's out there that are that are not animal lovers um maybe you will be one day i i, I wasn't always really and and until i met my wife and um anyway yeah we uh we had uh we lost uh our french bulldog lafitte he was actually a rescue dog um and you know he's lived here with us in this house our daughter's grown up with him you know she's 14 so i mean she's never known what really life was was like without him and uh you know it i've had dogs and pets and stuff like that before but there was just something uh about losing him um that was just a little bit different but theologically speaking any time i go through something like this um I, I i'm just reminded of of how good god is it, it he, here in this present place um and then this future hope that that we do have that we are promised um right. but but we are also promised that we are not going to get through this life without feeling um these emotions that that we're going to talk about and and i think yeah. that it's a, it's part of really mental health uh, emotional intelligence i you know if i would have went through you know just something you know as as small as it as it may be emotionally i would have acted much differently uh, being a immature person than than what i did today it wouldn't have came out as sorrow and loss it would have looked more like anger rage right um mi- misappropriate uh really um emotions really for for what's been going on i think that's i think that's something that we are in our culture we like to separate um suffering from normal life and even as christians that's bled over into our theology uh, as if suffering were somehow uh, you know, you even you even said it in the negative uh, that well we aren't promised uh, a life without suffering. Actually, in reality, as Christians, we are promised a life of suffering, and it it should be expected. Yeah, it should be expected um, when things let you down, when you feel that God has let you down, and. Or when you feel that just the straight up loss of something, you know, and we, we weren't made for death. Mm-mm. I think that, I think that gets, I, that gets smoothed over so quick mm. that we tend to not sit and realize that the gospel itself is no stranger to death. Never has been. It took death right where it was. God entered into our world as mortal and was put to death you know if 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 god were stranger to this type of suffering rather than actually stepping into it and experiencing it himself and going through it himself and setting a joy before him a goal purpose and showing us that even in our worst of sufferings there is not just purpose there's intention there is design uh, there is hope. Um, the, 
with, with with that we cannot look at suffering of any type and and say that somehow god should have removed this or god should have avoided this no matter the outcome uh and this this was something i'll tell you man i this summer i went through every range of emotion on that kind of question mm-hmm. you know with the with the anticipated loss uh with the loss of things i held dear that you know, never did come back. And, and, you know, it sounds small, but uh, having to make up an entire semester uh, in September was not fun. Uh, that was rough. I, mm-hmm. I slept very little. I, I do not like turning in halfway done work. Uh, in fact, I don't. I would sooner lose all my sleep. Uh, and in some ways I did. Um, but I'm all caught up now. It's just, it, suffering comes in so many different forms and when it does come in one main way it tends to affect us in all the ways uh it's 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 just this domino effect of just it feels like life is falling apart because in some ways it actually is Mm. you know i mean and i think one of the most important things that people miss is that in suffering comparing your suffering to somebody else's is never helpful no no to 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 me the loss of an animal is is not a major issue to you it is and that is that is something that needs to be respected that is that's something that needs to be understood to me the loss of my car would be i would imagine a bigger issue for me than it would be for you and you go oh well we should just get over that we should get over these things yes but we we, we weren't animals weren't supposed to die we weren't supposed to die no. these these things weren't supposed to atrophy the things that we find in the world we were we were designed for an eternal dwelling with our god and and when we experience loss and a breakdown of expectations like this it it feels so unnatural it feels almost like we become a different person and didn't that kind of the point um it i mean that as God's human imagers, that the fact that we do, I mean, it, and I kind of made the note that, that, that these are actually gifts. These are, these are part, I would say, spiritual gifts, the uh, emotional response yes. to let us know that something's off, something's right. not right. And to not find our full and eternal answers here. Yeah. Every, everything here is crumbling and every once in a while we are reminded of that again um, it is it is such an easy thing to get comfortable here you know we we find our favorite food or our favorite sports team or, or you know our favorite church or our favorite friends or whatever the case may be um, and we like to insulate ourselves from any expectation of loss with regards to these things but Someday they will be lost. Someday you will be the one that is lost. Um, I, I've sat down with people who have lost things I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. And I've... I've told them because I know it to be true. I've told them things that I've learned 
things that I've seen. But man, nothing prepares you to go through it yourself. Mm-mm. And to, to realize that a loss even of safety, a loss of comfort, Mm. even a loss of just a sense of security, itself changes you. Mm. That when you lose something, what so many people keep pining for is to return back to a time when they didn't have that loss Mm -hmm. they're they're aching to be that person who they were before it It, they are a different person now the loss of a spouse or the loss of a child the loss of a job the loss of a family of a marriage the loss of any of these things changes who we are on such a basic level. We don't even see life the same way. If we are not careful, we can spiral into a depression that is not only understandable, but is to be expected. Mm -hmm. And if we do not sorrow properly, and I don't mean quietly, I mean head on, Mm we will risk much greater harm to ourselves and any recovery we could ever have if we are not honest with ourselves. Hmm. This is something that I had to learn in one of the hardest ways I, I can even imagine this summer. The prospect of my daughter not surviving but a few hours and then not having those answers even when she was born. This little one who is you know, breathing faster and with, with, uh, the inability to keep herself alive. I'm standing there watching her and I can't do anything. I can't help her. I can't breathe for her. Half the time I couldn't even pick her up. Hmm. And there was so much fear. I mean, even now I talk about it, it's... It's three months removed and just, I haven't spoken publicly about this at all yet. I, it's so fresh Mm -hmm. and so basic that I, I feel like I'm standing right there again. And the fear that accompanies that experience the desire to return to something that feels normal rather than living in a hospital somewhere in a city you don't want to be. 
I had to struggle with the idea of what is the proper way, what is the right way, what is the healthy way to be afraid. Mm. And that's a valid question. Yeah. It's a good question. We need to be afraid rightly in order to actually go through it successfully. I've told my daughters over the years, you know, when they come up to me, they say, you know, Dad, you know, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to middle school. I don't want to try to make new friends here or move school districts, these types of things. And they would say, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that I'm going to lose my friends that I currently have. I'm not going to make new ones. And we go through all these things. And I've, I've told them many times over the years, bravery is not getting over your fear. Courage is not denying fear. Courage is looking fear straight in the face and knowing what's right and doing it anyway. And so I have a I have a response that I've said to them for years, do it afraid. Hmm. Do it afraid. If if you're afraid, do not wait until you are over your fear you may never get over your fear do what is right and there were days where sometimes guilt was the only thing that kept me going back to that hospital Hmm. enemy messes with you a lot when you're in those vulnerable places too um i'm sure you've discovered yeah so tell me about your faith through that though because we've been talking a lot about faith and yeah. um, I've, I've always found when I've I've had to experience um, a lot of death and in, in my time unfortunately um, there's something um, there's something that happens to your faith in that yeah it does I in the middle of all of that there was you know it was like a full moon is probably the best way I can describe it you're going through a night where darkness everything around you seems to pull the light right out of you and except for this one source and it just the darker everything gets the brighter it looks Hmm. and i i wrote down in my prayer journal i actually published a lot of my prayer journal um to our facebook update page about all of this during it um and I kind of didn't want to keep answering the question that people were asking how are you doing how are you doing i was like you know what I'll just go ahead and put it all out there. That's how I'm doing. And I remember sitting down and writing one morning and having an overwhelming sense of of God there with us. Mm. And and a looking forward to a world wherein these tears don't flow. 
and it was it was a clarifying moment it was an important moment um and it was it was one where i reflected on the reality of how much of our faith is so temporal and so dedicated to the gifts that god has given us good gifts and things to be grateful for for sure mm-hmm. family and 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 home and and uh, roof over our head clothes on our back food to eat but to look at this life much more temporal mm. and it's it's one of the places where theology not just met the road you know where the rubber meets the road it kind of smashed right into that road and what pieces i had left over of it i i found god there with me while everything was crumbling to bits Mm. or at least perceived to be crumbling to bits you know um it was it it was a perspective setter if you will but one thing that one thing i can say about it is is my reliance on god got stronger through the whole bit of it in in ways that i never expected and honestly didn't want Hmm. that was i think the most surprising thing i i i wanted to be despondent Hmm. i wanted to despair um part of that is i would imagine wanting to self-atone in some ways make it feel like i care about her more than god does Hmm. but i don't and my thinking that i understand what the right contingencies are is something i had to come face to face with that god is not the god of only one possible future he's the god of them all Mm. and not because they're possible but because he's the god of contingencies which then challenged me to even think about it rightly because then it enters the big question that in the middle of suffering we all ask ourselves one three-letter tiny little word why Hmm. why me and why now Hmm. and every bit of loss and i know your family's going through it right now too every bit of loss makes us ask that question at times why now even if it's not a surprise, it still is jarring. And it tends to rip us out of our comforts and out of our securities. Um, in the middle of it all, we're dealing with this coronavirus travel restrictions and whatnot. My, my grandmother passes away and I can't even go to her funeral. This all happens in the same week. Um, and it's it's... It just felt like every single thing in the world was falling to shreds. And there at the bottom of it all, my wife and I holding each other up. I'm trying to say tomorrow may not be better. In fact, tomorrow may be worse yet. And there were many days where that certainly was the case. Where things went south, things did not go well. We had one day that it looked like she was doing fine, even before surgery, and it looked positive, and we were going to be taking her home, 
We have the car all loaded up. Uh, and we got a call. 20 minutes for leaving the house. Hmm. That unless they made plans immediately, she's not going to make it. Because overnight, she spiraled out of control with with oxygen desaturations and unfixable problems. Hmm. And, and just this roller coaster up, down. It just, it wasn't that it just hit the ground once. It just kept slamming us down over and over again. Hmm. And loss is like that. Even if it's not something that's concurrent, the loss of anything can just come back some morning you wake up and you had all these and you had all these plans for this day and it just it just destroys you again mm. and you just so to answer your question what the what is what did you learn of faith in the midst of all of that there is no answer to the question why that we are ever given Habakkuk 2 is always an important place to go and God reminds that prophet he's asking God questions one of the coolest books in the uh, in the minor prophets the prophet is asking God why why do you why do your eyes seem to behold evil and yet do not intervene hmm. that's kind of a paraphrase of the first chapter and God comes back and says look there's things that I'm doing in the world that if I told you, you would not believe. And wouldn't be able to understand. Right. And it is not by knowledge that the righteous one lives, but the righteous one lives by faith. He trusts me. A trust that's not a blind leap. It is a deferring of trust and conviction. How is it, for instance, I know that the world was created? It is not because I have verified that God's telling of how he did it meets my standard of evidence. It is I have deferred to him on this topic because my knowledge is not sufficient. If he says it, that's it. And when it comes to that why question, he hasn't said it. And so the secret things belong to the Lord. Hmm. Why go through all of this? Why go through months of terror only to come out the other side and not know why? Um, what it, what effect did that have on faith? I trust God more today than I did in June. Yeah, That's all I can say. I, I Through thorny ways... <laughs> led here I wouldn't have asked for it I assure you <laughs> I wouldn't want to do it again and I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy mm. but I am glad I have been brought through it and that is the weirdest way that I can talk about it mm. it's also happens to be the most normal way I can talk about it um God never left. He never left our side. There's a... Years and years ago, 
um, I was at a concert. I was a teenager. Um, and I remember it was a Christian music uh, artist. Um, Ginny Owens, I think was her name. I don't do Christian music hardly at all, so I don't really remember much of anything like this. But she, she was blind. I do remember this. She, she was blind and she had this song that stuck in my head for years and years and years. And the lyrics of it, if I can recall it, this was over 20 years ago, I think. Um, she, she expressed that, um, that God never said that this road would be easy. You only said, I'll never go alone. Hmm. Those are words of experience. I always kind of thought that it was a it was a nice way to talk about it, you know, a theologically accurate statement. And then to experience the 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 bottom of existence and to just sit there and not be alone was one of the coolest experiences I think I've ever had and one of the most terrifying. Hmm. he didn't let me sit there alone and if I ever write a book on this experience that's probably going to be the title hmm. he didn't let me sit there alone I like that he was right there every minute and he wouldn't go and there were some days I wanted him to hmm. Any, anybody that I've ever um, counseled and and walked through um, pain and hurt with them and, and when they do recover because we're, we're talking about trauma it's, it's trauma yeah um, and for anybody who's had traumatic experiences in life um, who is in faith who is a believer um, I do find it unique am amongst believers in Christ people that have been through some certain types of trauma um, that it, it is it is a weird experience <clears throat> Or just to tell you a little bit uh, something about about myself uh someone uh when i was uh, in the military i you know i experienced uh i was sexually assaulted um and so you speak to anybody that's been a, a rape victim um in some way and as crazy as it sounds uh no i didn't want to go through that no no anybody that has gone through that recognizes the the horrible nature of it but it's a it's a part of me um it's a it's a part of me that made me who I am in a in a good way um to touch people that and help people that I that I couldn't before right. um you know Tim I uh I even forgot to tell you, you know, my my brother went through a similar situation with his son a little bit over a year ago, and you know he he 
continually asked about you. Um, and uh, he just brought it up uh, about a week ago. We were on the phone and, and just asked how everything, because he knew he stayed up. Somebody that you've never met, somebody that you do not know. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think that there's, uh, there's just a lot to say to that, um, the importance of our prayer. Um, people that really do believe in the power of prayer and then that the, and praying for someone that they do not know, but he, right. and he, he knew he felt the need that because he empathized, um, with your heart, with what everything that you're experiencing, um, and the, and the things that you can articulate and the things that you can't articulate. He, he, he just knew it. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I just, uh, it's what I appreciate the church. It's why I love the church. Um, right. Stories like this, um, life lived together Mm. you know and i think i think through all of this i i was absolutely floored by how many people were praying for us more than half of them did not know us Mm -mm. um at least from those that i knew and if if you're listening to this and you didn't know us but you knew this story and were praying for us thank you so much um, it meant the world to us to have brothers and sisters of ours that we will know in eternity but probably even never know here um, taking part in that eternal life now hmm. by coming alongside of us at our at uh, at a time like that uh, that meant everything to us and I I don't know how to I don't know how to say it other than that we were so grateful to have people praying for her and for us we were so grateful for people like your brother who have gone through this that just cropped up out of the woodwork and we're able to pray knowledgeably. Hmm. We're able to contact us and know what we needed without even ask having us tell uh, them. And I will say, for, for, if you're looking to be a support to people that are going through these things, don't don't just offer help. Find something that everybody needs and hmm. go do it for them. And there were dozens and dozens and dozens of people, and I would say probably a third of them that I never knew outside of this, that showed up at our door with meals or cards show up in the mail, just people. Praise God. Extending... the love that only God brings into this dark world at a time that everything else felt like acid on your eyes 
Mm. There's this salve of the love of Christ. I'm always reminded that story, um, Lazarus. I just, I've always, I've always thought about that. How, like he allows Lazarus to die. He knows he's about to raise him. Right. I mean, so... And then those those two words, um, Jesus wept when he comes up on the scene. Even though he knows he's about to raise him up, right? Um, that we we have a savior that empathizes, that knows the hurt, he knows the sorrow. Um, We we need not forget that. And the last thing he would ever tell us to do is to just get over it. No. Get over it. We need to go through it. No. We you need know, to hurt. I mean, there is such a there is such a push in the church, at least in places I've known that want to distance you from deep emotions mm. and exchange them for cheap knockoffs that can be that can be tussled up with a with a peppy hymn with a quick tempo you know as long as we can sing how happy we are in Jesus then we don't have to actually deal with our soul's destructive forces and i i have always found that inconsistent i now find it abhorrent i find it insulting to 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 think that somehow we just need to come to church to be pepped up hmm. we need to come to church as if it is a hospital yes a place that we need to be I have had time over this entire pandemic of course that's happening throughout all of this to reflect on this habit that I keep on seeing pastors step into talking about church as though it can be online as as if it is an acceptable format hmm. in some permanence what a mistake hmm. what a mistake we need each other and Imagine if you don't if need Holy each Spirit other what that. are you doing we we have we are sinking into a a, a sterilized cultural push to think somehow that we do not need to be together to uphold one another yes we do mm. yes present. we do the lack of that presence over this entire summer was felt mm -hmm. at just the wrong time yeah. I don't know what God will use all this for and here's the thing I don't need to know 
I've, I've worked through enough of this to get to the point of saying I really don't need to ask the question why anymore. I just enjoy every day that I have with my daughter. Mm-hmm. For those of you who are not aware, she made it through her surgery well. Uh, second week of August, she had one of the riskiest surgeries. Oh, it was... If this was 15 years ago, she would have not been allowed to even have it. The surgical techniques didn't exist. If this was my eldest daughter that had this problem, she wouldn't have made it. That's how recent this is. And she made it through. She's been recovering at a rate that outpaces every expectation and every hope, honestly. And she's doing very well. She is going to need... another huge surgery probably next summer um, to permanently fix everything Um, but as it stands now she is well she is home with us she's been home with us since about uh, the uh, somewhere around the mid to late August she was in recovery for two weeks I mean, and if any of you know you've had a kid in a situation like that, even when you are home, you're not really home. You got every checkup, every doctor, every specialist, every everything. Um, and all through that, all through these things, it has been a, a journey with the Lord that I never, ever want to take again. And I am so glad I took it. And I'm so afraid <laughs> for myself even back then thinking about it. I have never been so grateful for something that I don't want ever to happen again. Yeah. I don't know another way to talk about it, honestly. I'm I'm grateful for it because I know it wasn't an accident. Yeah. I am grateful for it because I know things now that I've never known. Um, and I, I just, if, if any of you in our audience are experiencing or are in the midst of loss and you are afraid, let me be afraid with you. If you are in the midst of loss, Caleb, I know you are too. Whatever it may look like, sorrow. We are so quick, so quick to quote that verse that says, do not, do not uh, lose hope. Do not sorrow as those who have no hope. Yes, but stop for a second. That's not really what we struggle with here. We struggle with allowing each other to sorrow at all. It doesn't say avoid sorrowing because you have hope. It says sorrow as those who are hopeful. There's strength in that (laughs) Um, that that is a lie from Satan to to say to to do such things and to sorrow in such ways is some sort of weakness is a lie (laughs) because he doesn't want you to have the correct emotional response um Sorrow is the correct emotional response. 
So when you lose something, your sorrow is going to be directly proportional to how close that thing was to you. Mm. And if we are not careful, even as Christians, those things can quickly turn into our identity. We are that which has lost something. Mm. We are one who was once a a husband or a wife mm. once who was one who was once a parent or a son or a daughter and we've lost our parents that loss does not define you no. the loss of the, the loss that is experienced in abuse does not define you no, your identity not. is not a victim no. your identity is not that which is experiencing loss Christian your identity is in Christ I am not and was not just a father who was anticipating losing his daughter I was a Christian not alone. Not alone. Do not so quickly give up your identity for something that feels as if it will help, but at the end of the day is just sorrowing as those who have no hope. We live in a culture that seeks to place identity in any group that you can call yourself, whether victim or supposed racial identities or sexual identities or whatever community you want to apply yourself to these types of identities do not deliver on the promises that they afford reality will assert itself sooner or later and the reality is that this world is passing away. And for the Christian, it is not becoming to place our hopes only on that which is temporal. There's nothing wrong with temporal hopes. I hope tomorrow it doesn't actually rain. I also hope for a day where I can watch all four of my kids playing in the yard together. I hope for that day. But don't ever, ever exchange our eternal hopes for these temporal ones, no matter how sweet and how right and how good they may be. Do not define yourself by what you've lost or by what you have. Find your identity in Christ. Every single other thing will let you down. The scripture speaks on so many different pages of hopes that will put us to shame. Mm. But Christ has given us a hope that we will never be put to shame. And thus, we must trust in the Lord, not simply because it is right, but because it is good. Because it is life. And it's what our hearts yearn for. 
We yearn to find identity that belongs to some level that we can define. Tim, what kind of, um, I hate to even say advice, but, um, somebody, somebody that's listening, that's, that's going through this in the midst of it, of, of the chaos. I mean, I, I, I just look at it as, as chaos, um, enters into their life, whatever it may be, um, Just a just a word on when they're in this darkness on on finding that light grasping for something to hold on to. Yeah. Let me say this. Whoever you are, and whether you ever contact us let us know or anything like this you are my brother or sister in Christ one day you and I will sit in the new heavens and new earth and talk about the marvelous grace of our God together mm-hmm. And I will sit with you there. And I will love to hear how you learned of God's grace in the middle of all of this. Mm. And I will listen to you for hours and hours to reflect upon the graciousness of our God. Because you will come out of this life knowing a gracious God and that there was nothing that can take that from you Mm. nothing can take it away it doesn't matter how big that thing is God is bigger. I know this to be true. And we will walk those pastures together. And I promise you, our God is worth depending on, no matter what comes. We will see his face. Do you know that? One day, the scriptures are plainly clear. We will see his face and he will wipe every tear from our eyes. And I'll be there with you. I'll be there with you. But take heart. It may yet get darker. But I promise you the sun rises at the end. God has given us a hope that does not put us to shame. No matter how much it threatens, no matter how dark the night gets, no matter how much it looks like 
the sun finally one day will not come up. It will come up. Hmm. Our culture tries to shortchange this and say things like time heals all pain. It does not. Eternity does. Hmm. God does. Time ain't long enough. Hmm. Time ain't long enough. When we when we experience loss like this, there must be sorrow. When we fear future or things that we must go through, courage is the answer. Take heart. Do not wait for your fear to subside to do things that are right, whatever they may be. Do it afraid if you have to. But do what's right. When you lose something, when you lose someone, do not run from your sorrow. Do not get over it. Do not get past it. Go through it. Take hold of it. It belongs to you. It's pieces of that person still dwelling in your heart that ought to cause you sorrow. We were not meant to die. We weren't. We were meant to live in the presence of our God forever. Death is not a natural thing. It is an unnatural thing. And when our theology has gotten to the point where we think death is just the inevitable natural outflow, we've got a problem. And we will try to run from our sorrow. And we will try to express that the hopes of the Christian life are purely spiritual and have nothing to do with this earth or this life or the things that we lose. Man, we miss out on it, don't we? With that kind of a worldview. We certainly do. How do you come out the other side then, Caleb? Well, uh, you, you don't without Christ. Right. You, you don't. Um, and it's interesting that you brought up some of the verses that you spoke about while you were out and um, actually dealing in these texts. And um, in First and Second Timothy, I was thinking of you when, when I was doing that study and um and it, these things that he's talking about and telling timothy uh about preserving the sacred uh and what is sacred um and one of them is it's it's you and i that are that are sacred um it's us who were cherished and the idea of of our inheritance um this kingdom talk that Paul uses so strongly. Um, you know, we tend to think of of heaven and this future hope as like this spiritual floaty place. Um, actually, the language um, when 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 he uses saints, it, it's actually better understood as as holy ones. Um, and he's talking right. about the throne room of God. We get the inheritance of 
what Christ, his righteousness, and his place of authority that he imputed to us. And our future hope is that the kingdom now part and then the kingdom not yet part, that future hope is presence in that throne room with God. Not not just not just the earth re Edenized and fully recovered, not not just the new heaven, but the throne room with our Creator. Um so no, we we don't we don't get through it at all in, in this world or the next without him. We do not. Um, and so that's why I also would, you know, any kind of doctrine of hell that somebody, we were not supposed to die, and also hell was not created for us either. It was not. I can assure us that, that, that there's going to be humans there that chose to go there. Choose him. Choose him. Um, it's not religious activity. Um, that'll let you down quicker than just about anything else. It'll let you down. Uh, the thing that, that Paul talks about when he, when he talks about there, there's not an abolishment of the law. That's there's an abolishment of the law that was observed in ordinances. The religious activity, whatever it is, whatever tradition you come from, that yes, God will honor religious activity, whatever that may be. It it better it better be centered on Him. But that that's not the point. It, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Yeah. Well, Tim, that concludes. Thank you so much for uh, for sharing because yeah. it is it is it's tough to um, relive the trauma, but 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 there's listeners that that need to hear it. Um, they they need to hear the hope. Um, they need to know the hope. Um, and we know there's some of you listening that you you just don't see it. That's okay. It's okay. Um, but Christ is there with you in it. Yeah. He is. Let's uh. Let's let's go ahead and close in prayer. Lord Jesus, we um I thank you so much for Timothy Easley um and his family and Lord what you um have walked with him through up to this point and we um we're just we're just so thankful for, for what you did do for 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 his little girl still being here and um lord we just we thank you for your peace that he can come through all of that be here 
have stronger faith and and be able to share it with others who we know are having experienced it personally will know somebody that experienced it and God forbid may possibly go through it uh, in their own time Lord we we thank you for giving us the emotions to let us know and understand that things are not right in this world that the appropriate response is sorrow that you did not create it this way this was not your design most thankful that you were you were the one that was faithful you were the one that was faithful to your bride and continues to be faithful to your bride and will always continue to be faithful to your bride thank you so much for loving us teach us to love you better in your holy name Jesus we pray amen for listening to Theology Untucked. Join us each week as we engage in all things theological, biblical, and cultural. These are the types of conversations we should be having in the church today, and we aim to play our part. Also, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a question you'd like us to address, or a prayer request, please send them to us. You can reach me at caleb at theologyuntucked.com. Or you can reach me at tim at theologyuntucked.com. Do note that your prayer requests remain strictly confidential. We will not be sharing them on the show. For more information or to support the show, please visit theologyuntucked.com. Lord's blessings to you all.